Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adam. We have got so much to do today, uh, and we're going to try to fit it all in, of course, the next few minutes. But I want to begin with something just sort of fun and light. We're kind of moving into a holiday weekend. Some of y'all aren't working today. Some of you aren't working on Monday. Some of you are obviously off on Tuesday there as well. Like, what is that, a five-day weekend? Is that how many days it is? Or is that a six-day weekend? Five, yeah, five-day weekend. Some of y'all managed to turn Fourth of July into a five-day weekend uh, this year. And if you have, congratulations to you for that. But we're here for you nonetheless, uh, working hard as we always do. And in spirit of fireworks, 4th of July, Independence Day, cookouts, and things like that. What do you say we just do something kind of fun here uh, just for a moment? Some of y'all shared this with me, and I'm going to uh, share it with you. When I post the show later on, I'll put a full, I'll, I'll give you a link to the uh, to the interview, to the conversation, because uh, it really is really good. So Jordan Hall, terrific defensive lineman at Georgia now from the state of Florida, choosing Georgia over Florida. Uh, big recruiting battle win there. Well, he was on the podcast interview that uh, Tate Ratledge is a part of, and you know, used to be our buddy Ryan, uh, Ryland Goaty was there part of that Ryland has now gone on to Mississippi State so I guess Ryland has been replaced by Zion Lowe so this podcast is going to live on with Gody no longer there and I guess Gody's probably got his own media plans over in uh, Starkville Mississippi now too where he'll play this year we wish him well as he does that but you know uh, for a long time you know Tate who's a funny guy and Ryland who's a terrific entertaining uh, funny guy that bring on other Georgia players and kind of the NIL world in which we live in you have these sort of relaxed unfettered off the I don't want to say off the record because they're being recorded but off the cuff conversation maybe that's what i mean to say there and you know not everybody loves every aspect of this sort of new world we live in in college football but this to me is an example of kind of something that's pretty good we see the side the personality of players in a way that we otherwise might not and so so uh 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 Zylogue and uh tate ratledge are interviewing jordan hall and the subject comes up and people sent this to me right away because I'm a fairly easy person to read here. Like I'm like I am not the most mysterious person out there. The stuff that you think I would like, I pretty well do like. Uh, and I'm pretty straightforward about stuff like that. We've made our bones, our buddy Eddie the Blind Squirrel and everything else we do around here. We've made our bones about the fact that we are unabashed gator haters. We believe a good Georgia fan is a gator hater first and foremost. And so when something like this happens, people just immediately start sending it, it to me. Uh, including our buddy Anthony White, who sent this to me. Um, so, so Jordan Hall is on there talking with Zion and Tate about why he didn't go to Florida. And I don't know. Sometimes you just sort of sit back and relax, let the commentary speak for itself here. Jordan giving the absolute best reason of all why UGA was the right choice for him and not those lousy, stinking Gators. So we say, Jordan, welcome to the Dog uh, Nation family here. And uh, certainly we appreciate your great thoughts here. Let's hear Jordan Hall on with Tate Ratledge and Zion Logue. Yeah, t- let's talk about your recruitment. What what was the turning factor that got you to the University of Georgia? Really, Florida talked about a lot of nothing. So I was like, Georgia talked about a lot of something. They're going to put people in the league. Florida ain't put a D-line in the league since Taven Bryan, and he's terrible. So, hey, I'm going to Georgia. I mean, how much do you love that? Like, how much would you just love to, like, sort of bottle that up and just sort of share that with every Georgia fan you possibly could? That, hey, when I went to take a visit to Florida, they talked about a lot of nothing. When I went and visited Georgia, they talked about a lot of something. Florida hadn't put a defensive lineman in the league since Taven Bryan, and he's terrible. 
you hear Tate Rattlage laugh uh, on the uh, on the heels of, of Jordan Hall saying what he said there. And I'm sorry, sometimes it's just for fun. And this is one of those things from Jordan Hall that's just sort of for fun. Uh, you like the idea of Hall saying, I responded well to the Georgia recruiting pitch. Florida really didn't have much of a recruiting pitch because what I'm looking to see is sort of proof of concept. Can you get me where I want to go? Florida does not have a history of doing that. Georgia does. Therefore, Georgia ultimately was the right choice for me. And I I think that's great. And I, I guess to put kind of a football spin on this for a moment, because, you know, you probably need to do that a little bit. This is what I do think is interesting with the current world in which we live in is that there's this entirely new category introduced for why a player might want to go somewhere. And I do think the ability to self-select, the the ability to kind of make a choice on the front end about the situation that's going to be right for me, I do think that creates a scenario where we're going to kind of see some interesting movement and shifts around college football. Like, as we've said over and over again, Georgia just isn't for everybody. And if you're like mega into like brand building and mega into uh, I'm talking about not not the fact that you can't build a brand, but if, if you're more into brand building than you are like personal development, if you're more into, hey, look at how many TikTok whatever I have, as opposed to, hey, you know, look where I'm kind of ranked in terms of future NFL prospects. If you're more into the sizzle and less interested in the steak, if you're more interested in the hat and less interested in the cattle, if you're more interested in some of that sort of, you know, touchy feely stuff, as opposed to like the actual nuts and bolts of football, then Georgia probably isn't for you. And a guy like Jordan Hall said, when I went to Florida, they're talking about, as he says, a bunch of nothing. It's all you're left to conclude some sort of like, I, I don't know peripheral type stuff you know being pitched and hey come here you can do this and come here and you can do that or at Georgia it's the simplest most straightforward pitch of all if you are willing to come here and work hard if you're willing to work as hard as Devontae Wyatt did as hard as Jordan Davis did as hard as Trayvon Walker did slightly different position uh, fits in some cases but if you're willing to work as hard as those guys did if you're willing to kind of put in the grind coming back off an injury the way that uh, Jalen Carter did a year ago Kirby Smart talking about his you know sort of you know competitive character and his willingness to compete even when his draft status for the most part was probably fairly well well secured that if you're willing to do all those kinds of things then you will have a chance to enjoy the same riches those guys enjoyed that's the kind of something apparently that George was talking about and it's recruiting pitch to Jordan Hall and he says it was an easy decision for him to make and if you're a Georgia fan I think you really love that so we wanted to start the show by having some fun with that here today now let me shift gears to something completely different for a moment because I told you we are very busy here on this Friday. And by the way, Dog Nation may actually be a very busy place moving past Dog Nation daily here today on throughout this holiday weekend. So while you're stuffing your face with brats and burgers and everything else, uh, Dog Nation is going to be watching the uh, the uh, world of the 2024 recruiting cycle here because it seems like Georgia could be set up to be very busy here over the course of the next few days. And a lot of this seems to center on one position group in particular and I want to go back to Wednesday here for a moment you know normally Jeff Sintel joins us on Fridays on our show but because we felt like there had been a lot of recruiting stuff that had happened over the course of the weekend I'd been out of town last weekend you might remember that because a lot of that had been going on we sort of felt the need to move Jeff's weekly appearance up to to Wednesday of this week but something that he said then as worth revisiting I think now especially as we move into the weekend Georgia about to learn a lot about one position group in particular in terms of the future of the program as it relates to uh, to recruiting this is what Jeff Sintel said about that when he joined us on Wednesday they might get three or four this month 
at the minimum, Brandon, with a lot of names about to pop. And I think the biggest thing is Georgia's going to know where its offensive line room is. Stacey Searles is trying to get a lot like Todd Hartley and have all his homework done by the time fall practice rolls around. And there are three names. We mentioned Nair Daniels on July 4th. You've got, you know, Michael Ooney, who just took his official visit to Georgia this weekend. You mentioned him. He's set to make his decision on June the 30th. There's Marquez, Big Kez, Easley on July the 8th. Who, Brandon, if he did, if he does end up becoming a dog, you'd love that because he drops the top three that doesn't include the dogs in there. Sure. And then it, maybe if it's the dogs, they come out of the blue, like somebody from your pra- favorite pro wrestling memories of a guy coming in, coming in, coming into the ring, running down the alley um, from backstage. Um, there's a lot of work left to do on the offensive line class. So that's Jeff Sintel kind of sitting the stage there, including today, when Jeff said that on Wednesday, previewing what's going to happen on Friday, which is now today, and Michael Uini, uh here today making that commitment announcement. Now, in the case of Uini, that's not a name that we've necessarily, I think, talked about maybe even as much as we should, but in terms of kind of where he ranks as a prospect, you're talking about a pretty big deal here. Uini, the number 130 prospect overall, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite Team ranking. He is the number eight offensive tackle. It's the example of the kind of big-time recruiting wins that George fans are always looking for along those lines of scrimmage and offensive line here in particular you know I told you yesterday that I sort of felt like if you're looking at the overall number one strength for for Georgia here this year I think offensive line is it and I think when you look back on you know how it is that Georgia has won the last two national championships I also believe that the offensive line has kind of been an underrated under discussed part of that we give our attention to the five first round picks on defense in 2021 and obviously what Georgia did to replace those guys in 2022, Stetson Bennett sort of standing, standing up, becoming a historic figure in this program. He gets a lot of attention for that there as well. You talk about Todd Monkey, you talk about all the things that were in place for Georgia these last couple of years, and all of those things are worthy of being discussed, of course. But the elite nature of the Georgia offensive line, the way that Broderick Jones' insertion into the national championship game in 2021, the way in which his emer- you know, kind of emergence as a full season starter last year, and what happened for the Georgia offensive line as those transitions took place. Mari Salyer no longer here. You know, Jones in a bigger role. The same way that Amarius Mims had to step in when Warren McClendon uh, got hurt at the end of last season. The depth that Georgia had at the offensive line, its ability to play at an elite level on a consistent basis over the course of the last two seasons to me that has been a as much of a bedrock component to Georgia's national championship success as almost anything has been and I don't know that it's always been fully considered I don't know that's been always fully credited uh the role the offensive line has played I believe that can be true again this year and I told you that yesterday so when you understand the backdrop of how important the offensive line spot has been for Georgia the idea that it's kind of also having the chance to add these big recruits the likes of which Jeff just mentioned including Winnie today the one name that Jeff does not mention there is Daniel Calhoun I believe we're now also looking at July 5th on the Daniel Calhoun front here to make his announcement there as well and that's one of those things that has some double value to Georgia because you're also talking about that being one of those big name in-state wins there too you know Georgia fans like to see Georgia kind of control some action there in the Peach State Calhoun kind of represents that at Walton High School now but it also represents that high value you know offensive tackle like prospect that I think is just sort of set Georgia apart from the rest of its competition as we've said 
Go look at a program like Ohio State, who has been desperate in the transfer portal to try to find offensive line help. Go look at uh, a lot of the SEC competition that Georgia faces, Auburn, Florida, teams like that. Pretty much almost anybody, with the exception of Alabama, are right now in the SEC. They were all very interested in adding from the transfer portal because they didn't have enough offensive linemen. And in the transfer portal this year, that meant Tulsa, it meant FIU, it meant Oklahoma State, it meant less than kind of the elite teams. Look at the offensive linemen who are getting drafted uh this past year's draft is a good example of that not a lot of transfer portal names among those drafted offensive linemen here this year because programs that find really good ones have a tendency to do anything they can to hold on to them and very few programs feel like they've got enough offensive line depth georgia is i think maybe the rare exception to that where the depth for the georgia offensive line has been strong you've had capable starters at the offensive tackle spot but you've had capable backups ready to step in when those guys have gotten hurt and ensuring that remains true in the future is a big part of the formula for future success for UGA there as well and as Jeff Sintel previewed on Wednesday the next few days with what at least four pretty big offensive line type names set to make their commitment including Calhoun in a couple of days you need today uh four big names set to make their uh, commitment announcements here very soon George is in line potentially to get all of them now listen you know recruiting's fun and weird and sometimes things happen that you don't necessarily expect so i'm not going to make any kind of bold projection here we'll leave that to the experts like jeff Sintel. but eyes open for a lot of big ads to the 2024 class and over the course of the next couple of days a lot of that happening around the offensive line you better believe that's the case so dog nation better get buckled up for a very busy july my name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We are presented today by Kroger, and we are happy to have you with us. No matter how you get to us live on video, 945, first and 15, dognation.com, the Dog Nation app. 10 a.m. after that, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, all kinds of video platforms, all kinds of ways for you to join our program. We just really appreciate you doing that. Our friends on the radio in Athens, Athens Sports Radio 960, the ref, we are happy to be with you there as well. We love our folks there in the classic city and a podcast uh available to you on apple spotify we post the show at the world famous dognation.com y'all we do everything we can to make our show as accessible as possible and we're just so grateful and so thankful that you guys continue to choose to be a part of what we do here at dog nation we don't take that for granted we take that very very seriously uh whatever platform you try to uh you, you like to use we're just happy you find us somehow, some way, and your continued support of Dog Nation is something that makes us very, very thankful. I truly, truly appreciate that. And I appreciate your support of our friends at Kroger there as well, especially this particular weekend. I was joking with our video audience about this a little earlier. So we're coming up on 4th of July weekend. A lot of you got a lot of time off. You're getting ready to enjoy that. That means cookouts. That means all the fun stuff that goes there. And that means checking with our friends at Kroger to get stocked up. The food that you put on the grill, the plates, the napkins, all that kind of stuff, the side dishes, the beverages, uh, whatever you got going on here for this 4th of July weekend, Independence Day weekend, starting today, rolling all the way through Monday, Tuesday, Kroger's going to help you get stocked up on all of that. So you can go to Kroger.com. You can find out about special savings. You can uh, stop by in store and just just really get into it. I, I love this time of year. I love the 4th of July. I love the red, white, and blue decorations. Came home the other day. Uh, my wife had you know put out flags all over the place. Our neighborhood kind of does some of that kind of stuff too. A lot of your neighborhoods do there as well. I just love to see Old Glory flying this time of year and love to see 
uh, all the folks getting ready to enjoy family and friends and a great fourth of july weekend so as you get stocked up for the stuff to put in the cooler the stuff to put on the grill and everything else our friends at kroger got you covered on all of that by the way speaking of the fourth of july let me give you a little bit of housekeeping note here just for a moment so today is friday on monday we're talking about july 3rd we're actually going to be here on the third um uh so normal show on monday we will be off on tuesday so fourth of july holiday we're going to take that off and uh celebrate our, our nation's birthday with all of you by being off on tuesday letting our staff have some time with family and friends we're going to do that with them then but on monday we're here like normal so if you're off from work or whatever else on monday just know that we're going to deliver the show exactly the way we always do on tuesday we're not going to do a pre-record or anything like that because like i said we're going to uh, observe that holiday and enjoy and celebrate that holiday and then on wednesday we're sort of back to normal and kind of ready to roll through on all of that one more housekeeping note to give you just for a moment i played a clip from jeff Sintel's appearance from wednesday here on dog nation daily presented by kroger that means today we get a chance to have a very special guest a kroger fresh take with former georgia quarterback jake Fromm. a lot to get into with jake including some of the stuff i'm going to talk about here in just a moment it's always great to uh talk to jake Fromm and uh have some fun uh with all of that and we will uh do that here coming up in just a little bit Prior to that, though, how about we go around the doghouse served up today by the finished long drink? By the way, speaking of things that go well with the 4th of July, you better believe the finished long drink is an example of that. And coming up in just a moment, uh, I've got a really fun announcement from our friends, the finished long drink I'm going to give to you. That is going to be a great time. However, prior to that, the mood changes. The music tone completely alters. Uh, I have more bad news to give you in terms of media expert types, college football pundits, commentariat, who just once again sort of seem to doubt Georgia here a little bit. And I regret to inform all of you here who are tuned into Around the Doghouse, presented by the Finish Long Drink here today, that apparently way up north in Ann Arbor, Michigan, the maize and blue of the Michigan Wolverines, y'all, apparently what is it the kids say these days apparently michigan is a wagon apparently michigan is not going to be uh able to be stopped uh apparently they are going to be an unstoppable unbeatable team here this season we've already been warned about that from uh, what was it uh, bruce feldman the uh, fancy writer who told us that yesterday and now we have a guy in reese davis who we've kind of talked about before here espn college game day host reese kind of a southern guy uh went to an sec school uh working for the flagship network of the sec now you'd sort of think that uh, if anybody was going to have an eye of skepticism towards uh, what's apparently being built by Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, a guy like Davis might be a, a candidate to do that. But once again, on the Paul Feinbaum show this week, Davis sort of doubling down on his idea that it ain't Georgia who's going to be the best team here this year. It's going to be Michigan. He uh, said on a podcast of the day, we played the clip for you at the time that Michigan was his preseason number one. And Reese Davis yesterday on the Paul Feinbaum show, or I think it was yesterday, it was someday this week, I believe it was yesterday, uh, Reese Davis on the Paul Feinbaum show, once again explaining his reasoning for why the Wolverines, gosh, y'all, they just may be unbeatable here this season. This is uh, Reese Davis on with Paul Feinbaum. McCarthy's potentially an elite player. And if he can take that next step to that, then I think that gives Michigan a chance. But before the Georgia fans call in and say, you know, that I don't know what I'm talking about, it's Big Ten. Georgia has a better roster, top to bottom. There's no question about that. 
but I want to see the quarterback play, and I don't think that's uh, that's too much to ask. Same same deal at Ohio State, same deal at Alabama uh, uh, as well. So, as we've been saying now, because we did this with like the Bruce Selman thing yesterday, we did this with the Kirk Herbstreet stuff the other day. Like our only request is some sort of like logical consistency. Like we don't have thin skin around here. I mean, college football arguing—that's what we do. We have the law. See, our sport is different than the other sports. Our sport is the shortest regular season and the longest off season. And the college football passion is what it is. And so, therefore, the majority of the college football experience in a given year is arguing about games that are about to take place and arguing about games that just took place more so than it is actually watching the games. I mean, think about this. Y'all, when we get to September, you blink your eye and it's over, right? You know that feeling. We've all experienced that feeling before. That the life of a college football fan's year is mostly spent arguing. And so somebody's got to say something crazy. Otherwise, we wouldn't have anything to argue about. And so from that standpoint, I ain't mad at Reese Davis and I ain't mad at Kirk Kerbstreit or whatever else. They're simply providing the fodder for the ongoing argument. I, I totally get all of that. But in the midst of arguing about this stuff, our only request is you must offer some logical consistency. And this, to me, is another example of kind of the inconsistent logic that's being thrown around here. And if you're a Georgia fan, I, this is honestly laughable. Just like some of the stuff from Feldman yesterday was sort of laughable. The idea that Ohio State would get more credit for keeping it close with Georgia than Georgia would get for actually winning the game even though at one point in time georgia was told it couldn't win the shootout style game then it does yet the goalpost gets moved to something else you got the same thing going on here where reese davis says georgia fans i know you hear me picking michigan i know you hear me talking about them being an unbeatable team here's the thing you need to know before you you know blow up my um, social media mentions things like that I want to see what you got going on at quarterback this year because you do have a new quarterback in place. You have to admit that's true. So I want to see what you got going on at quarterback. And if you just sort of fell out of the sky, you might think that sounds like a reasonable argument. But y'all, some of us weren't born five minutes ago. Some of us have been alive and on this planet for the last two years. And over the course of the last two years, this is what Georgia fans have heard. That Georgia, fan, that, that Georgia could not win a national championship. It either couldn't win its first in 2021 or couldn't come back and repeat in 2021. 2022 because of the quarterback that it did have Stetson Bennett was thought to be in the eyes of a lot of these national types a sort of deficient quarterback future insurance salesman things like that you may have heard said about him from time to time um that that Stetson Bennett was sort of thought to be this inferior insufficient quarterback that Georgia could never win a national championship with then Georgia wins two national championships and now some of the same types of people who told you that Georgia couldn't win a championship because of Stetson Bennett now want to go on the Paul Feinbaum show and they want to say that Georgia can't win a national championship without Stetson Bennett like you can argue whatever point you want to make you can have fun with the ongoing discussion that we all have here but we are begging you for some logical sort of intellectual consistency and a lot of these national types they just simply don't provide that uh over the course of years college football has been whatever they said that it is but they don't control the media narrative the way they used to anymore and so therefore they're going to be having their feet held to the fire a little bit davis even kind of kind of uh uh uh, uh i guess flinches in, in embracing for that because he knows that it's coming and in this case we believe rightly so so y'all there it is michigan totally completely unbeatable here this year if you're a georgia fan i don't know maybe you go hunting this fall uh maybe you plan a royal caribbean cruise vacation this fall get some uh you know good savings on a, on a great uh cruise destination you know maybe you just sort of take a break this fall and come back and try again in 2024 i guess because michigan 
And Jim Harbaugh, apparently, according to Reese Davis and National Writer This and whoever else, apparently they're just un- un- unbeatable. And pay no attention to the fact that they lost last year to a team that Georgia beat 65-7, to and Georgia could have probably beaten Michigan 65-7 to if it wanted to the year prior to that. Pay no attention to that. That's not relevant to this conversation right now for whatever reason. Uh, this year, maybe Michigan, just completely unbeatable, we say with sarcasm, fully entrenched. And that is Around the Doghouse here today on Dog Nation Daily. And it's served up and taken care of by our friends at the Finnish Long Drink. And y'all, I've got some great news for you because while the folks in Michigan may think they have an unbeatable football team, the folks down here in Georgia, they're not worried a bit about that. And if you are down here in Georgia right now, you've got an awesome new thing to try. And I'm, I'm being told here, it's only available for a limited time. If you're watching on video, you see a nice look at it right there. How about peach flavored Finnish Long Drink? fresh in time for this summer holiday weekend you're hanging out by the pool you're hanging out by the lake you're with your friends arguing college football somewhere how'd you like to pop the top and enjoy some delicious peach finish long drink the peach flavored finished long drink still got the same gin kick but it's mixed with like the peach flavored uh, uh, uh just deliciousness that is going to be a great time it's only available for a limited time so if you go to the longdrink.com you can put in your zip code you can figure out where you can uh pick some of this up and you can be the talk of every single one of these 4th of July cookouts that you go to over the course of the next few days. When you show up with the peach-colored can, the peach-flavored finished long drink, this is going to be a real game changer. It's out there, and it's ready for a limited time. So make sure you check all of that out today. The finished long drink bringing around the doghouse to us here today. Now, uh, I do want to be serious just for a second, because before we are done, there has been a topic on the minds of a lot of Georgia fans over the course of the last couple of days. We haven't really kind of gotten into this yet. More information available now. Probably seems appropriate that we do uh, spend a minute or two talking about this. So we will do that before our show is done today. don't want to try to finish on too serious of a note, just given the fact that everybody is in kind of a good mood moving into a holiday weekend. But also, there are certain due diligences that we have to do. So we'll probably do some of that here today before we close things out. Uh, we'll also kind of get into, before we're done today there as well, interesting war of words. Uh, you know, we had some kind of bad news for Florida off the top of the show involving a, a, for, uh, a current Georgia player. Also, a former SEC coach has had some interesting things to say about Florida and a few of those in-state rivals. Uh, we'll kind of get into some of that there. There is a proposed change coming to the uh, NCAA transfer portal. That's probably worth paying attention to there as well. And Alabama fans maybe have reason to feel pretty good here today there as well. So we'll talk about a lot of that there coming up. But for now, on everything as it relates to Georgia football, moving towards a holiday weekend, let's get ready to do a Kroger Fresh Take with Jake Fromm here today. Hey, Dog Nation. So it took us a couple of minutes to connect with Jake Fromm. So we actually moved on with the show and then caught up with Jake after our SEC through. So at this time, we're actually going to move ahead, let you hear our SEC through, go cruise around the SEC with Royal Caribbean, and then Jake Fromm after that before we wrap up on a Friday. And as always, thanks for being here with us. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC through. Always a good chance for us here on a Friday to go around and look at everything happening around the SEC here right now. And as we do that, we call it cruising around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And that reminds me, as we wrap up this Friday, I had a chance to talk to uh, one of our good friends yesterday who was already talking about the fact that he is looking forward to being 
on board for our Dog Nation cruise coming up in April of 2024. In fact, we have that information we can put on the screen for the Dog Nation cruise for this upcoming year. I should say it's next year, but it's, 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 the, it's the cruise for this upcoming year. Going to be on board Allure of the Seas. This is April 22nd through the 26th. This is going to be bigger and better than any Dog Nation cruise has ever been before. And listen, I know I'm kind of a hype man. And I'm always saying, you know, all kinds of stuff. But truly, when I tell you, the response we've already had to this upcoming uh, Dog Nation cruise for 2024 has already been amazing. We've really just only now announced it and gotten it uh, you know, on the books and made it publicly available and known. And yet your response has already been amazing for this. Now, to be a part of the Dog Nation cruise, I will tell you that space truly is limited. And part of that's just due to the fact that right now, Royal Caribbean is a very hot product. Their ships are sailing out on every single sailing. And the Dog Nation cruise will be no different here. Uh, the staterooms we've been given, we really can't get more than that. I believe we have 200 staterooms available for the uh, for the trip. Uh, and a lot of those have kind of already been filled. So your chance to be a part of this is right now. The website I've been telling you about is royaldogs.com. You can go there and you can find out about it on board Allure of the Seas. The thing that makes Allure of the Seas fun is it's one of those Oasis-class ships. This is the largest class of ships currently at sea, currently at, uh, at sea. It is going to be an unbelievable experience. Uh, all of the uh, fun special neighborhoods that the Oasis class ships have together. Uh, you're talking about like the not just the Royal Promenade, but the Central Park and the Boardwalk area. Stuff that you, when you're walking around and you're enjoying it, you almost say, I can't believe this is actually happening on board a cruise ship. I can't believe I'm actually at sea. All this is taking place. That's how cool, cool Allure of the Seas is. But in addition to that, you've also got the special Dog Nation events taking place there as well. And these Dog Nation events, really unlike anything uh, we've ever had before, uh, more and more than we've ever had before. So all of that going down here uh, very, very soon. Uh, so go to RoyalDogs.com to find out about the Dog Nation cruise taking place April 22nd through the 26th, 2024, on board Allure of the Seas, leaving Port Canaveral, going to Nassau on the Bahamas, going to Perfect Day Coco Cay, more specially themed Dog Nation events than ever before, RoyalDogs.com, the website to go to, to get all your information about that. All right, let's begin with this as we're cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. So one of the things we're watching here pretty closely is the sort of set up for the future of the SEC quarter. And by the way, in a couple of minutes, Jake Fromm is going to be ready to join us. So we'll do that with Jake here coming up in just a, a little bit. So good job by our good friend Kaylee Manziel, hoping to get that, get that squared away. But one of the things that we are looking to see in the uh, future here is how the quarterback situations are set up around the SEC. We know what Georgia's kind of plans are right now. Now, we don't know what the exact pecking order is going to be, but we know what the plans are. In addition to what's already a very deep quarterback room, you've also got the arrival very soon of the five-star quarterback, Dylan Riola. Dylan's name's been in the news as of late just because of the fact that he's going to be going to Beaufort High School and things like that. Well, uh, you know, he's also a part of that future story for the Georgia quarterback situation in some form, somehow. And around the rest of the SEC, they're also trying to, like, grab hold of their future quarterbacks there, too. And one of those guys is Julian Sayan. That's the Alabama quarterback. At one point in time, uh, prior to Riola kind of becoming 
truly and officially kind of on the radar there for Georgia. At one point in time, Say was a name we kind of mentioned around the, the, the sort of Georgia recruiting circles for a little while. Ultimately, Georgia set its sights on Dylan Riola. Uh, as a response to that, Julian Say went to Alabama, and Say went to the Elite 11 finals out in California a couple of weeks ago, and he won the MVP, performed very well there, we're led to believe. And because of that, his recruiting ranking has responded, as it should. As a recruit, when you get more eyeballs on you, more information about you, uh, your recruiting ranking ought to reflect what people are seeing. And they've seen more of Julian Say now. He sort of moved into the five-star category. And honestly, I don't have you know much to say about that one way or another, is that you would expect Alabama to have five-star quarterbacks. And you would expect a guy like Say, who had already kind of had a pretty good reputation as a recruit, to perform well in situations like this. And he sort of steps up and he sort of bolsters uh, his claim as being one of the top quarterbacks. I think it's important to note here, though, while Alabama is once again doing what it's done a lot, you know, Georgia's also kind of entering into a conversation now at the quarterback position, way that it really hasn't always done before. Georgia knows in the future it's going to be playing the likes of Alabama and Texas on the road in 2024, and who knows in 2025, in some form or fashion, the SEC schedule is about to get more rigorous, and the pathway to a national championship in the postseason is about to uh, become a little tougher there, too, because of the expanded playoff. So Georgia now says, Alabama, you've been doing this for a while, going out and getting five stars type quarterbacks like Sayan or Bryce Young before that or whoever else and now Georgia says we plan on doing the same thing every year there as well so when these teams match up in the future and when Georgia match up against the other top teams in college football expect Georgia to have quarterback play on par with just about anything anybody else has there as well which should make these matchups uh pretty fun here in the future Sayan moving up to five-star status I'll also mention this I saw where Gus Malzahn uh, who's the UCF coach now was kind of complaining recently about the fact that he thinks in his state the teams like Florida and Florida State Miami the traditional power five teams have gotten too much attention at the expense of a team like UCF which by the way is now also in the power five as well uh, in the big 12 now and I do think this kind of sets up pretty interesting by the way uh, in 2024, we're going to see UCF and Florida playing during the regular season. And it's important to note, right there in Central Florida, UCF is in the Orlando area, right there in that sort of Central Florida region, access to players. Malzahn's a coach who's won the SCC before. Uh, Malzahn really has had more success than, you know, for his career than Norvell or, 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 or uh, you know, Mario Cristobal down in Miami, uh, Billy Napier there at Florida. You know, Gus Malzahn is more of a veteran presence. He is more of a seasoned, experienced, successful head coach. And the presence of UCF, at least now technically speaking, in the Power Five, I think that could make for some interesting challenges down there in Florida. And Malzahn says he wants more attention for his Knights team. Well, the chance to beat some of these Florida teams head-to-head, including Florida next year, the chance to have more comparative success as they move into the Big 12, I think the presence of UCF and Malzahn in particular at UCF, I do think that could be a little bit of an issue uh, for some of these teams moving forward. And so Gus Malzahn may get a chance to finally earn some of that attention on the UCF program that he says that he wants. I was going to do something on the transfer portal and the window potentially being changed. It's a little bit of a procedural issue. We may save that and do that uh, one day next week. Instead, let me for now get ready to go ahead and close up our uh, SEC through. and We'll get ready to bring on Jake Fromm onto the uh, program here today of course jake from participating with us as a part of a kroger fresh take we'll look forward to doing that uh having him uh, as a part of our show today We've got that squared away, got that ready to go. And we'll talk to a lot of, uh, of the stuff that's been going on with Jake Fromm here. In particular, I want to ask him a little bit about Dylan Riola, what it means for a guy like Dylan to be at Buford, facing the kind of intense Georgia high school football competition that Jake Fromm you know, faced when he was at Houston County, how much that benefits him and uh, you know, some things like that. We'll also, also talk about the value of the offensive line 
that the current George quarterback, Carson Beck, the rest of this Georgia offensive situation is going to kind of have going for it. We'll talk about a lot of that on the program today. In fact, let's go ahead and get ready to do that right now. As the former Georgia quarterback, Jake Fromm, ready to join us here today on our Kroger Fresh Take here on Dog Nation Daily. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you being with us and hope you're uh, getting ready for a fun Fourth of July weekend. Uh, how you doing today? Hey, Brandon, what's going on? Thank you for having me. So excited for the fourth, getting all the barbecue and stuff ready to go this uh, this weekend. Got a little training session in this morning, man, uh, and glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here there, too. And I want to go back in time here for a moment because I remember that 4th of July years ago when we all found out that you'd had what, I guess it was the the, the water skiing injury or whatever else that was. And <laughs> it, it must be weird when you're that young because at that time you were obviously still still very young. And, you know, your actions just get so much attention. And, I mean, how, I guess, nervous would you have been having to, like, let Kirby Smart or, you know, your other coaches know, hey, I got hurt, you know, doing this water skiing thing or whatever else. And knowing there's going to be this sort of, like, firestorm of attention that kind of comes your way because of that, all you are is just out having a good time. You're not doing anything you're not supposed to be doing. You're just out having fun. And it's just sort of a weird accident that takes place. I guess you injured your hand, I guess that was. How weird was that to know that, oh gosh, not only am I hurt here, but this is also going to be like a big thing for the next few days. Was that weird for you? Yeah, I mean, just kind of your your heart sinks a little bit. Um, I mean, because as innocent as it is, you're just out having a good time. Um, And I mean, believe it or not, I mean, I'm I'm in the boat. Like, I'm not out wake surfing. I'm not out wakeboarding. I'm not tubing. I'm the responsible one in the boat just hanging out, (laughs) enjoying the fellowship with everybody. Um, and a rope comes back to the boat and kind of kind of tries to take everybody out and put my hand up to block, and boom, it, it hits my hand. So breaks uh, the uh, the kind of the pinky hand uh, finger in, in my hand. Um, and, uh, man, I, I'm not going to lie, I, I definitely was a little bit scared, uh, but it all kind of being able to work out. Made this awesome brace that uh, Mr. Ron got uh, made up for me out of carbon fiber, and, and I was able to practice play and, and help the team out. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, de- definitely a little scary moment there in the summer and uh, July fourth, my sophomore season. Yeah, you didn't miss any time, right? You even were like full go by the time practice. Uh, memories fade after after these years, but you didn't miss any time uh, from that, yeah, did you? Yeah, th- yeah, there was no no time missed, um, which was uh, crazy. Kind of um, that that was able to happen. So, um, but man, just just kind of it, it was it was a, a very interesting summer. Um, but uh, man, thank the Lord that I was able to, to still compete and, and do the things I needed to do. Yeah, because one of those things where, like, you know, I think even those of us who are not football players, we have a little bit of an understanding of this. Is like when you enter your college career, you know that you've only got a brief window to take advantage of it, right? It's like you want to be on the field, you want to play, and you realize that something weird could happen. It could take me away from that. You know, I, I could lose some time through really no fault of my own, no actions like that. I mean, that's got to keep all these players a little bit nervous from time to time. Of I've only got so long to. To enjoy this kind of you know prime of my young athletic career and gosh you know something weird could happen out of nowhere that just sort of puts all that into jeopardy oh yeah for sure i mean the very next day after the x-rays uh i'm in kind of a, a, a brace cast i got a few receivers together got somebody to snap for me um just to make sure man i, I could still throw the football and do the things that i needed to do because uh you know that was a big summer for me justin was here um, and man, I, I needed to go out and prove that I was a starter, uh, and, uh, and, and take that role on. So, um, yeah, I was, I was not necessarily the best time in the world, uh, to have a, uh, a hiccup or, or an injury, but, um, we, we, we had it and we, we fought through it. 
Well, listen, I'm glad to, uh, to know all of that. And I said at the time, listen, I got no problem with my guys being out there, you know, enjoying some time during the 4th of July. I think that's what you should be doing. I'd rather y'all be doing that than, you know, in the house playing video games, something like that. At least you're out, you know, with people and getting some outdoor time and some things like that. I'll take that 100%. over the alternative any day of the week. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%, man. Get, get, it, get out with the boys. Get out with your family. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, spend a little time in God's creation. Um, nothing better than that. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. I don't know how much you've had a chance to pay attention to this, but we had some news. I guess it was last week that uh, future Georgia quarterback Dylan Riola leaving Arizona, coming to uh, Buford Powerhouse Program, obviously in the state, playing his senior year in Georgia uh, before going to a UGA at the uh, end of the calendar year. What did you make of the fact that Riola is not going to be a whole lot closer to campus as he gets ready to play his senior season? Yeah, uh, that's, to me, a, a very big deal. Um, shows the commitment uh, from, from his side, his point of view of things, and from his family's uh, perspective. Um, I mean, they're, they're coming here to, uh, um, you know, they, they mean business. I mean, they're, they're putting their money where their mouth is, uh, moving their family across the country. Um, and it uh, looks like he wants to compete at a very high level. Um, to me, I don't think there's a higher level. You can't compete at the high school football level um, than in Georgia, uh, playing against the programs that we have. So, uh, I think that's a very big deal, and then being right up the road—I mean, what, 45 minutes to an hour away from uh, away from the university—I uh, think he's going to be spending a lot of time here. Yeah, because I think we saw this, you know, in the pandemic year, where you know a lot of guys lost their senior season of high school football, and so they go into college. And some of those guys were here at Georgia, and other guys were going other places. So they go into their beginning of their college career. And I think they missed out on a really important building block of their athletic development. Jake, I, and once again, I'm not a player you are, so you can, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong here. But to me, I feel like you learn a lot about yourself when you're being really pushed. And listen, I don't care if you are the number one player in the country, which Dylan Raiola obviously is. You play in 7A football here in Georgia, you're going to get pushed. You're going to you're gonna face some real significant challenges. And I just think you learn something about yourself when you face that. Those of us who try to talk about this stuff for a living, I think we get better evaluations of players when these when we see them battling other good players and i'll tell you this right now jake the fact that, that dylan wants that for himself the fact that he could have sat out there in arizona and basically sort of twiddled his thumbs and just bided his time before ar- arriving at georgia the fact that he chose a harder path to me I, I see that as a very good thing how do you feel about that yeah i 100 agree with you i think it's a very good sign of what he's made of i think you find a lot about yourself like you were saying when you were pushed when you're pressed um you really find out kind of what you're made of, what, what comes out of you uh, when you're really put in these uncomfortable situations. Um, and he's just signing, voluntarily signing up for that, um, going to go play against a, uh, a really competitive, a really competitive uh, football team in Buford itself, uh, but then also with who they play uh, in the state of Georgia. So um, I think that's a great sign, um, kind of what his uh, kind of competitive spirit uh, is made of, uh, and I think he'll uh, end up better for it my opinion uh we learned a little earlier this week that apparently jim harbaugh the michigan coach is gonna have a period at practice they're calling the beat georgia period and i guess this is kind of a motivational thing of they want to be the national champions georgia obviously is and so they're making no bones about the fact that being as good as georgia better than georgia is their stated goal despite the fact they don't you know play georgia in the regular season here i guess i'm curious as a guy who's been through a lot of practices you know one of the things that seems like kirby smart goes out of his way to say a lot of times is is that georgia doesn't think a lot about other opponents during practice you know beginning of the season he's always really slow seemingly to want to transition to actual game week preparations and you know he's always talking about we're working on ourselves we're working on ourselves he seems to say that a lot 
How much do you think the idea of thinking about another team other than your own during practice, how much room for that do you think there is during a, uh, a practice schedule, whether it be one week or one year or whatever else? What do you think about Michigan kind of talking about Georgia during its practices we're led to believe on a fairly regular basis? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to kind of speak out of both sides of my mouth on this one um, because I, I, I think uh, kind of in the coach's realm, what they'll do is they'll sneak in some team periods uh, when you're going against scout looks of other opponents maybe later on down the road. Um, but then, you know, for, uh, you know, for a coach to kind of come out and say, hey, we're going to have a period of beating Georgia, who's not even on the schedule, um, I, I think is, in my opinion, kind of a red flag. You know, you're kind of worried about the wrong things. Um, in my opinion, during this time of the season, uh, this time of the year, I, I think you should be focused on yourself. How can you make yourself better um, in competing against, you know, offense versus defense and defense versus offense? So um, that's just my opinion. Um, I think uh, I, I think if you just kind of worry about yourself um, and compete uh, compete within yourself, I, I think it'll end up benefiting you a little bit better later down the road. I, I know his time as a coach sort of started as your time as a recruit was kind of coming to an end. But did you ever meet Jim Harbaugh? He seems like a very different kind of character as a football coach to me. Yeah, yeah, did, did, did meet him one time kind of quick in passing. Um, but, uh, I mean, he, he's won a lot of football games as a head coach and had a lot of success. So um, I guess he's doing, you know, some things right for sure. It's our Kroger Fresh Take with Jake Fromm here on Dog Nation Daily. As I told you before, get stocked up for everything you need for a great, fun weekend. You're out on the boat, you're at the lake, you're playing golf, whatever you got going on, cookouts, things like that. Food on the grill, beverages in the cooler, all of that there at your local Kroger, Kroger Kroger.com. You can download digital coupons. You can start saving right away and taking advantage of all the great stuff that Kroger is helping you do to get stocked up for a big, fun summer weekend. Jake, one more topic I kind of want to – address with you for a minute before we wrap up here today so as i look at george the upcoming season one of the things that i see in plays is what i think can be a stellar offensive line once again frankly probably the best offensive line in the country here once again for this upcoming year uh there as well i think underrated in 2021 and 2022 was the way in which the georgia offensive line performed i don't know that georgia wins these national championships if not for an offensive line that was successful as uh, what Georgia's has been. I also think back to your career there as well, when as you kind of stepped in as the Georgia quarterback, this is also a time in which the Georgia offensive line was really kind of stepping up in a big way there as well. A lot of folks forget, you know, the Georgia offensive line play in 2016 before you got here had not probably been, you know, great. And yet very early in the 2017 season, it was obvious that Andrew Thomas stepping in as a starter and, you know, Isaiah Wynn taking the next step in his career that this was going to be a very good Georgia offensive line. And I think the entire time you were here, you played against – or you, I should say you played behind really good offensive lines. Like how quickly as a player did you realize as you're kind of you know stepping into the role of quarterback of, you know what, uh, Kirby, Sam Pittman, they've done a really good job of putting this offensive uh, line in front of me. And how much of, a I guess, a comfort and a security was that for you knowing that this program was as committed to those big, beefy bodies there on the offensive line as it was? Yeah, to me, I don't know if the normal, you know, football viewer uh, fan really understands how much a team lives and dies by how the big men play in that football game. If you got really good big men, man, you can win some football games, especially on the offensive line, especially on the defensive line. If those guys want to take over a football game, I mean, they, they can absolutely suffocate the other team in whatever area they're trying to. Uh, to, to beat you in. Uh, as an offensive line, if you've got a, uh, a unit that can pass protect for you and can physically dominate um, the defensive line as far as moving them in the run game, I mean, you can completely take over a football game and, and beat uh, 
the other team just will to want to win. Um, and I, I think uh, the, the offensive line unit that uh, Coach Smart um, has kind of built here uh, is really impressive. I mean, the guys they have here, big, giant guys, tenacious guys. Um, and when you see a offensive line unit kind of rotating two, three different guys in, depending on series, uh, that's when you know they have a really good unit. And, man, they're still trying to figure out who the dudes are because they got so many good dudes on their roster. So um, I, I think that's a, a one hidden gem that they've really done a great job here of building uh, is the offensive line unit. I mean, I got to play behind some great guys as well. You know, Andrew, Solly, uh, uh, Lamont, Isaiah Wynn, um, you know, Ben Cleveland. I mean, man, they, I played behind some really, really uh, good football players, and uh, they just continue to, to recruit guys and build them. And, um, and we're still still having some great guys come out into the league for sure. Well, I'll follow up to before we let you go here because I don't think a lot of times people fully appreciate how rare that situation is becoming in college football. Maybe a few years ago, all the best teams had you know two and three deep along the offensive line. Maybe that's the case. But if you look around in comparison to some top contenders right now in college football, I've mentioned Ohio State before as an example of this. There are a lot of these teams that think they can win the national championship, but they're really questioning their offensive line depth. You know, Jake, Georgia's got a situation where there's a guy like Michael Morris who hasn't really played much yet, and yet we think he can be a very good player the moment he gets on the field. You know, Georgia may have yep. two very capable backups at offensive tackle this year, and in previous years, you know, Marius Mims, who technically was kind of a backup a year ago, and Broderick Jones, who was sort of a backup the year before that, their insertion into a starting lineup after injury became a really important part of how Georgia actually won the national championship. The level of OL depth that Georgia has right now is pretty rare, even among national championship contenders at the moment. Oh yeah, I mean one hundred percent. When you're when you're able to have that depth uh, for the longevity of a season, um, and I mean who knows? I mean you know one of these players just might need uh, a few reps, a few opportunities to go into the game, uh, and they might blossom into uh, a first round draft pick and an All American. So uh, you just have no idea what you have on your hands. Um, you just know that, man, you recruit some really, really good football players, uh, some good young men, uh, some guys who want to, uh, to do the best for your football team, uh, and then you put them into your program that's, uh, that's proven, uh, building guys up uh, and getting the best out of them, uh, and you can have a really uh, dangerous, dangerous football team and offensive line you on your hands. All right, Jake, thank you so much for being here as part of a Kroger Fresh Take today. We do hope you enjoy your 4th of July weekend here coming up, and we'll look forward to getting a chance to speak to you here on Dog Nation Daily again very soon there as well. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brandon. Have a good weekend. You too, sir. Uh, really good stuff there. Jake Fromm, former Georgia quarterback. Always a really fun conversation, and we're glad that all of you are with us there for that. And we've tried to have some fun today, but as we close out the show uh, here coming up in a moment, I, I do want to get serious just for a moment and address something that's kind of been out there for the last couple of days. The honest truth is I'm probably not going to address this to the same degree that some of you wish that I would, but I do want to talk about this a little bit right now. There were reports earlier this week that uh, Jamal Jarrett was facing a very serious uh, allegation against him at one point in time, uh, going back to his official visit to Georgia back when he was just 16 years old. And, you know, listen, we take stuff like that very seriously, and I think there's some questions that have been asked about what should have been done to Jarrett because of that. And I think we've seen some additional information come out that maybe helps people like me kind of have a, I guess, more full picture uh, about all of this and you know while Jarrett was facing an accusation of sexual assault ultimately charges were not brought against him on that and the best that I can tell and listen I don't do the crime beat y'all that's not what I do for a living but the best that I can tell based on the information that's out there 
it seems like the police made the right decision on that. And in response to that, Georgia, who, you know, had to kind of evaluate the situation related to Jarrett and the fact that he was, you know, facing these questions by law enforcement based on an accusation made against him. I don't have any reason to believe that Georgia made a wrong decision on any of that either. When somebody like me says something like that, you know, there are some people who are going to want to say, oh, well, B.A., you're just saying that because you're a Georgia fan. You just, you know, you're willing to forgive whatever because you want Georgia to win. And in this particular case, or as far as that particular statement goes, I want to take a moment to defend not just Georgia fans, but I really feel like college football fans in general, because I think that sometimes there are people, and sometimes it's media types, sometimes this is just, you know, other sports fans or whatever else, that kind of want to paint with a really broad brush on certain things like this. And there are some people who sort of assume that, well, if you're a Georgia football fan, you're willing to excuse whatever from your team um, because you just want them to win. And then some Georgia fans might say that about Alabama fans and they might say that about Tennessee fans. Like, y'all are alive and exist on the Internet. You see the way in which this kind of stuff gets thrown back and forth to various fan bases, you know, all the time. But I will say of Georgia fans and, frankly, of other SEC fans, because over the course of my time uh, you know, doing this show, not only do I interact with tens upon tens of thousands of Georgia fans, but I interact with a good number of fans of other schools there as well. And to be completely frank and completely honest, I have never met a single fan who would be willing to excuse bad behavior just so his team could win a football game. I've never seen that before. Uh, when it comes to, to this particular situation involving Georgia football in particular, the people who congregate around Georgia football to listen or watch a show like this – they either come here because this is their university. It's the University of Georgia. For some people, the word university really means something. It's my university. I want to be proud of my alma mater. For other folks, it's the word Georgia that means something. This is the football team in my home state, and I want to feel good about the sort of fan relationship I have with that. Well, neither of those two pillars of, uh, of, of fans that I've experienced anyway, and as I said before, I've interacted with tens upon tens of thousands of you over the course of our over the course of our years of doing this. I've never met a single fan who was like, I don't care what these guys do. I just want them to go out and win football games. I would certainly put myself in that category there as well. I am not in the business of excusing anyone's uh, bad behavior here. But while the accusation against uh, Jared is very serious, the best that I can tell based on the information that's out there. I don't see any reason to believe that the law enforcement or the Georgia football team acted improperly in all of this. And I think it's important to note here. And listen, a lot of this stuff is very, very complicated and different people sort of you want to move into kind of the political part of all this discussion. Different people have uh, different opinions on, on some of this kind of stuff. I certainly acknowledge that. And for the most part, we steer clear uh, of a lot of that kind of stuff. You know, part of the reason we've been as successful as we are, we're pretty disciplined about what you used to talk about. And in this particular case, I, I guess what I feel comfortable saying is an allegation is not the same thing as a condemnation. And I think that's just really, really important to uh, point out here, whether it be Jarrett or somebody else in the future or somebody else in the past or, or whatever else. And I think that's the way we would hope we were all treated or those that we love would be treated if they were in a similar situation. Look at the facts, look at the evidence, make the best possible decision you can. In this particular case, the best that I can tell is that's sort of what's been done here. That's sort of the way that's that's gone down there. And look, a lot of people are listening or watching right now and they want to hear more about whatever else. And look, you know, what I feel comfortable saying is what I have said right there. It is a tough situation. It's not the kind of thing we enjoy talking about, especially on a 
weekend like this. We're trying to have some fun, and obviously we try to do that for most of the show here today. But it's a big enough story that you probably can't ignore that. And so, you know, from that standpoint, you know, that's just kind of the way that plays out. A lot of Georgia fans have weighed in, and I guess I'll take the time to do the same right there. So on a completely different note to wrap up here today, what I love about our audience is, is that even in the midst of me trying to tell you about something brand new, some of you are like, B, I already knew that. I, I knew that before you did, because I told you today, I introduced to you today the idea of the Finnish long drink peach flavored uh, beverage that's going to be such a hot thing here this weekend. Well, guess what? Some of y'all already knew this there as well. In fact, let me show you this as part of our golden shoe today. So Shane Holiday shares this. He says, did you have anything to do with this? Hashtag go for three and 23. First of all, that always gets you moved right to the front of the line. Go for three and 23. A nice close up of the peach can there. So I introduced the peach long drink to you today. Shane on Twitter has already enjoyed it. And he's already uh, spreading a good word about all of that. So, Shane, you enjoy that. You have a good time. And we'll be drinking plenty of that as we go for three and 23 here this season. By the way, lousy stinking gators. As, as uh, Jordan Hall said to him begin the show today, they don't have a whole lot going for them right now. And 120 days from right now, it gets even worse. Y'all have a great weekend. Don't forget, we're back here on Monday. So, y'all join us. Be a part of that. Uh, and we'll see you then. Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. Talk to you then, everybody.